0: Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet Art. I like to paint monsters. And you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist
1: Chet Zarr. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chet. How are you? I'm good. Long time no talk. I think it's been a whole two minutes.
0: Like 23 seconds or
1: something. Yeah, 23.2 seconds. So what's going on? Even though we just talked about it in the (laughs) pre-roll. But
0: but the the thing I did this time was on the pre-roll, I saved something out so that that way then they're not just like, oh, ho-hum, la-di-da, we heard all this. Because I'm going to talk about something that I didn't talk about in the pre-roll with these guys, which is the Dark Arts Society Retreat. Because we didn't bring that up last week. We were still in the process of actually getting ready to launch that. But we have launched that. And so that is happening now. So for anyone who is not a patron, first of all, of the Dark Arts Society and is listening to this, you ought to head over to patreon.com forward slash dark arts society. And for as little as $1 a month, you can be an official member of the Dark Arts Society. The reason that's important right now is because we are currently planning the first ever annual Dark Art Society retreat, which will be happening in Northern New Mexico in September on my my property here. And so this is an opportunity for people to actually get together like old school artists used to do in old art movements. In this new modern art movement, we can still get together. We can camp together. We're going to have all kinds of wonderful facilities, awesome group activities. I've got group painting stuff set up. I've got geocache scavenger hunts in the Badlands, hiking and driving tours. We're going to have an outdoor kitchen for people. We're gonna have camping spots, up to fifteen spots. We're gonna have outdoor living rooms, we're gonna have outdoor bathrooms and showers. It's just gonna be a piccadilly, I tell you. So the exciting <laughs> thing about it is is a we're piccadilly. also gonna have <laughs> well that, the reason I said that actually <laughs> is because while Joey and I were on our drive the other day that I just talked about on the on the pre-roll, we saw this sign in the middle of Navajo country and it was like so and so's piccadilly. And there were like all these cars, and they were clearly having a piccadilly, whatever what the that is. A- I well, we'll, have no idea. Really. We'll have to ask and our guest.
1: He might know what a Piccadilly is. It's
0: so weird <laughs> to see the word Piccadilly <laughs> in the middle of the Navajo Nation. You know, like, what is this we're doing here? But anyway, so the Dark Arts Society retreat, basically the way we're doing it is it's very much a group effort, which is to say that if you come out for a Land of Enchantment tour as an individual, it's going to cost you a chunk of money. But as a group, if we all contribute our funds, our energy, our resources together, we can reduce that cost almost beyond half, almost down to a quarter per person. And so, basically, what we're doing is we've come up with a budget to cover all of the infrastructure and all of the activities, also including group pickup in Albu- at the Albuquerque Airport on the beginning and ending side of this. So you don't have to rent cars; it's all kind of built into it. And so, the idea is if everyone contributes an equal <laughs> amount of money together, we can. Hey, I haven't talked about this before. I know, but this is like Together, an advertisement. together we, can, we can actually be able to achieve this thing happening. But. The reality is we need all 15 people on the roster, and right now we have a third of those spots filled. So between now and next Wednesday, I'm going to give you guys a chance to please go in, become a member if you're not. If you are a member, consider becoming a part of this and helping this Dark Art Annual Retreat happen. You can do so by going to the the uh, post that says RSVP Retreat. And you will read the directions there. The previous post to that gives all of the specifics concerning the retreat. And you guys can type in RSVP and become one of those specific slots that's going to fill up. So that is my pitch. Chet Czar with your <laughs> fast hands over there. It didn't take that long. Packed <laughs> a lot of information into a pretty small amount of breathing mm, yeah, there. So, yeah. yes, <laughs> tune yourselves into the Dark Art Society and the Dark Art Retreat. Now that Chet's done hammering at me with the hands.
1: I was just making, was just making the hand motion, you know. It's... It could, you know.
0: that was What Chet was doing is, if you take your hand, you kind of curl it around like this, and then you go up and down with it. That's no, that's not
1: what I was doing. I was doing like my finger by your head, like you're crazy. Just kind of introduce thing. our <laughs> guest then, since since we're, we're in such a rush, we're in such a hurry. I didn't get to say anything about my week, my no, time, not. what's going Darkest. on in my life. Part of the darkness
0: society <laughs> retreat. i
1: was speaking on both. Yes, yes, happened. yes. And, and I, I and I'm, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I am, uh, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have, I, I have to say, uh, that, uh, my car died, so I have to have a big sale this week. So by the time this thing posts, I'm going to be having a big sale. So if you could please, if you, if you want to, you could support, buy something in my store, and have some crazy deals and, and stuff because, uh, I need a lot of money this week. Due to many circumstances. Excellent. Otherwise, everything's been pretty great, actually.
0: Oh, and by the way, that's Chetzar.BigCartel.com. Yes. In case if you're listening and can't see the description, <laughs> and you really would like to buy some of Chet's merch. <laughs> let me make it easy for you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, enough of our <laughs> pitching. Let's get on. Get down to the uh, the good stuff here. Our our guest today is the amazing fine artist. <laughs> Conceptual <laughs> artist, <laughs> all around cool dude, Paul Gerard. Hello.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And,
1: uh, How you doing? Hello
2: from the uh, from the UK.
1: Yeah, where where exactly are you living?
2: Um, I'm living on the like north of Yorkshire uh, in a place called Whitby, and it's where um, Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. Oh, that's a good source. So, uh, every year they have like big goth events and. Uh, oh, and cool. There. So it's like a little tourist spot.
1: Oh, that's cool. So, do you know what a Piccadilly is? Um, a isn't, isn't that yeah, like an English word?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, I think it's a Piccadilly southern station. word. Is it? Isn't I think Piccadilly it's like a party? I think it's a, a, a p- word for like a party. I'm gonna look it up. Isn't Piccadilly. Piccadilly
1: Circus like an English thing? Possibly Piccadilly Station. Yeah, Piccadilly yeah. Station. I mean,
0: Piccadilly Circus Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, London. Here it says Piccadilly Wikipedia it's a, it's a, London. It's a, it's a London pizza. yeah. Uh,
1: OK, <laughs> anyway, it's a
0: road in the, in the city of Westminster London right. to the south of Mayfair. OK, I'm done.
1: OK. <laughs> so anyway, OK, if you haven't seen Paul's work, it's really amazing, really innovative, totally unique. It doesn't look like anybody else's work. And um, we met, uh, I believe, at Ithaca Film Festival, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, that was like, what, maybe three years back twenty fifteen. Don't, don't November it. <laughs> it was November November
1: twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's Mike is my date book because I can't remember anything. But what what were you doing over there?
2: Um I was pitching I was well I was trying to direct the movie so I was pitching sort of little little shorts Oh okay cool. Yeah but then that was probably uh, the turning point from doing movies anyway and turn my back on it all shortly all right. after
1: that. Yes, we'll get it. We'll get into that. That's another part of your story. I love, but um, <laughs> that I that I can relate to. Too. Sure I just remember you guys had no clothes. I think mean, you forgot all your clothes <laughs> yes.
2: the clothes. That's that's kind of what happened. Not quite, but yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that and it was, wasn't
0: Chet. It was just me. We should do a whole
1: we should do a whole episode on the the Ithaca trip because that was the most insane trip. Any anyway, anyway, let's get back to Paul. Um, but prior to meeting though. I worked on something that you had designed, isn't that right? For Battle, L- um, Battle Los Angeles, or yeah. whatever it's called.
2: Yeah, Yeah, battle LA. Yeah, that was a fun
1: one. Yeah, yeah. A- <laughs> and and I remember that's when I first heard of, heard about Paul. Is I um, got called into Spectral to do some work on a maquette for Battle. Is it Battle Los Angeles? Is that what?
2: Battle- it was? Yeah, yeah. Battle
1: Los Angeles. Battle Los yeah. Angeles, and I never saw the movie, but I didn't hear. I heard it wasn't great, but. Um, The the design, I was immediately, I was like, who the hell did this? This is the, I'd never seen, like, you know, when you're in uh, effects, you know how it is. It's like most of the creature designs, you know, it's pretty rare that you get one that, like, really you can tell who the artist is, you know, because they all, I mean, and I'm guilty of this myself. You know, you follow, like, a standard, there's a standard look for conceptual art, and there's Mm -hmm. reasons for that, you know, but your stuff was totally different than anything I'd ever seen. Like it reminded me when I first, when I was a kid and I first saw Giger's work, that's how I like, Whoa, <laughs> taking aback. Not that it looked like Giger, but just because it was so different and so cool. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was really, uh, it was really cool. And as soon and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then they said, Oh, it's Paul, Paul Durard. And I was like, who the hell is that? I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was so impressed um, that, you know, I remembered because, you know, it was, it was amazing. And then I had to try and translate that into clay, <laughs> which was not easy yeah, because yeah. it's like, it's your stuff. It's so weird and cool and, and different. It's, it's a, it's actually. I
2: get, it, I get, I get that a lot. It's because it's so kind of, I don't know, like um, it's more about of a mood,
1: like mm-hmm. a dreamscape
2: mood. So when you try to yeah. convert that to lines of ships, People go, what the hell am I supposed to do? Right. <laughs> the the, the ships aren't actually there; they're just kind of hinted at. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so and and it, you,
2: it's, uh, it, it sells you, the concept.
1: But, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, done. no. It's cool. It's great. I mean, it's great. That's that's. I think it's because you. It's also difficult to translate because it's not the standard thing we're used to translating. It's different. Yeah. You know. And well, the
2: thing is about well, that movie. I'd never done concept. art. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, I was well my day job I was making games, kids games. Mm-hmm. And then in my own time I was trying to get my fine art into galleries and I had a few few stuff you you know Paul Booth last right Gallery. Yeah, yeah. I had a few things going on with him. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And then this came along, so I, I kinda of just give it a shot and I just made you know, I, I just you know, the guys give me a brief for the alien and I just did my own thing. Like you said, just I had no preconceived ideas of what concept that was. Yeah, was, so I, had, I just did my own thing, and it went from there.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Um, what were you doing, and what kind of stuff were you doing for the, uh, video games? The concept uh, design uh, for kids' games?
2: I would, yeah, I was... Well, I started off as normal, right at the bottom, doing um, 3D. d and then ended up being an art director, but it was... You know, the driver games? Ubisoft, Atari? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, awful. I, I, <laughs> I, think, I, I think they had a game about... Uh, a fire truck in a—it <laughs> was a, well. Actually, it was a fire truck in a sci-fi kids' world, right? Yeah. So I based I based the whole world on futurism uh-huh. <laughs> on the turn, the turn of the century, and I had all these weird futuristic shapes that you know they all coincided with their uh, different, like uh, almost like occult cult symbols.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, cool!
2: So I probably warped a few child's minds. <laughs> That's
1: a good thing. Well, that's, so so how long did you do that for
2: uh, I did it for about eight years okay yeah. and the funny thing is I was, I was so sick of it I was so tired of a lot of things really people and work and everything else that I the company got bought out by another bigger company and there was an opportunity to do like a, like a transfer and work away mm. but all the friends of the boss got jobs in like LA and and Canada and whatnot and there was one place left, and stuff. I'll take it, it was uh, in a really kind of no, I say not rough part of India. So I took it and I lived in India for six months. Oh, are you but, serious? For the week, I thought this would be great, I'll just relax for six months because the job was easy. But a week after I started, I got the, the call to work in Battle LA. So I worked yeah. on that remotely while in India. Wow. So, I dribbled. so I was about 70, 80 hours a week for six months. Oh my God.
1: While I was trying to
2: the place, yeah.
1: I hope you <laughs> made. I hope you made a lot of money, at least. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sad, that's tragic. So, okay, what? Uh, so, Battle Los Angeles was your first film gig, and then what did you do after that? What other film stuff ha- uh, have you done?
2: I think after that was Wrath of the Titans, mm. and then Seven Son. People, I think the, the biggest one. Was with working with Alex Perez on uh, on Perez on uh, Perez Lost for a year. Oh, okay. So I, did, I did probably close to uh, six hundred illustrations for that. Wow. Every, every part of Hell and uh, part and um, you know Milton's thing and but he got, got scanned.
1: So oh, yeah, I know that's one of one of the one of the pitfalls. Yeah. You know, you pour your heart into something and oh, we're not going to make that movie anymore.
2: <laughs> it
1: Happens it. all the time.
2: Yeah. It, it, that one hit hard because it was concept art, and by the end of it, I was doing the map painting as well. Oh, really? I've been like, you know, Alex Perez and Paul Gerard's produced lost the amount of stuff I put into that, and then it just got killed.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah. that's that's it's terrible. One of the terrible aspects of the film industry. So, okay, you're you um, uh, you've branched out, and you're doing your own kind of thing now fine art and uh um filmmaking and doing books you have a kickstarter right now which we'll have a a link to uh in the in the you know in the credits and um that's doing that's doing really well and it's an amazing project um you want to talk about that that kickstarter book because i think it's kind of kind of genius idea
2: that was kind that was um it was this thing of trying to change my life a little bit and trying to, uh, I was so uh, tired of movies and tired of chasing the kind of, uh, you know, you chase the financials, trying to get your own movies going. You, you're chasing producers, trying to get, you know, a gig. And it's just an endless cycle of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, I mean, it's also, you know, when you get on a movie, it's like, you know, I got on the um, last Hellboy and, and you think, oh, you know, this is great, I'm on Hellboy the the day, but it's just, you're just a kind of concept art monkey. Uh,
1: it's,
2: mm. uh, in the, on the bigger films, you know, in Battle of was great, I had free reign.
1: Right, that's pretty rare, though.
2: Level. Yeah, that's what, I think that's what crippled me, because I had thought, this is what the industry is like. Everything yeah. from then on afterwards just went downhill. Completely. Yeah. I'm, I'm working with morons. What's, what? Right. <laughs> this, isn't for, this isn't for me. Yeah. So I decided... <laughs> I've got to do my own thing. I've got to try. Oh, it sounds odd, but I've got to change from concept artist to artist. Yeah. In my in my head, I see it as a very very different thing. It's uh, yeah. So I started this series of books and try and make that transition.
1: Thanks to Kickstarter.
2: Yeah. And thanks to Mike.
1: Yeah. Mike's always. Well, I mean,
2: I,
0: you you did. From what I understand, now you've done two Kickstarters all on your own that were both successful. So.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, they're they very hard to get across. I mean, the, the first book was about um, how to use subliminal imagery in concept design in an industry that doesn't want to use subliminal imagery. <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell stories with like um, symbols and shapes, and how to, uh, you know, you. I would you know, write certain things before I go to bed. I meditate a little bit that when I wake up, I would draw the symbol that came to mind, yeah. and that symbol would get translated into the into design itself. So your your creature might be based on certain uh, sigils you know, and they would come from a meditative state.
1: That's cool. I
2: think the hardest thing is trying to connect that to the imagery that I portray because the imagery can sometimes look almost uh, what's the word, kind of mainstream and, and you know, kind of almost like uh, particularly the Master Universe stuff looks quite you know, super mainstream, super colourful but it's still overlaid with sigils. And trying to right. bring those two worlds together is quite tricky, and get that message across. So I think that message was missed in in my first two books, but you know, I think we've nailed it with this one. It's uh, it's getting out there.
0: Yeah. It's, well, it's really an exciting project. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I, when I saw I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s. So it's like, I I remember being a six year old and waiting for my dad to get home from work so we could play He-Man and Skeletor. That was it. <laughs> like, and I got to be He-Man and he was Skeletor and we go in the living room and we would just go at it, you know? And I'm sure that he was like, you know, he's a huge dude. He was taking it easy on me. But I remember it was so much fun, like in my mind, envisioning him as Skeletor and me as He-Man and like these <laughs> battles, you know? And I was really... I consumed a lot of that. I had action figures. I watched the cartoons. So as soon as I saw these, you know, you taking these things and breathing this new life, yeah. can you imagine ex- these cartoons as like hyper can, real creatures? Can it
1: you, blew my mind, you can, know? can you guys exp- or one of you or Paul? Can you explain the whole concept behind this book? Cause it's, it's a great concept. concept.
2: Of, yeah. It, it's it, like I said before, it's about doing my own thing, but it's about the six chapters. And each chapter is kind of, um, uh, a part of my head, if you like. Mm. so there's a kind of there's a, the huge Lovecraftian influence and it's right. kind of huge gigantic godlike creatures um, and then there's a more a post-apocalyptic wasteland warriors. Uh, there's a chapter all about I think I like called the cranial alpha which is, if you've seen films like um, Tetsuo from the 80s, mm-hmm. that kind of melding of machine and flesh combined, it's right. all about how it can affect you on a, on a DNA level and how your body could be morphed over maybe a thousand, two thousand years. Right. And it's, it's how all these machines interconnect in, in kind of different designs. Mm-hmm. But I think that the most fun one for me is a chapter called Retro Harbingers, and that is taking the concept of life and death and bring it together in a circle. And to do that, what I've done is I've looked at what makes you, what makes someone give you that kind of déjà vu happy feeling of life, mm. and it's usually associated with something you, you, you kind of grew up with. So I would take 1980s cartoons and I'd link them with death, and I'd get that kind of, I like get a that whole circle and balance going on. So I'd take elements of, like you said, skeleton, and He-Man, all these things we grew up on. That influenced us as kids, and you know, if you pick up a um, Atari from the eighties now, you get that kind of really good flashback, mm-hmm. which is what I like. Yeah. and then I, I kind of I do my own thing and I loop that into into death, you know, because I think for me personally, I don't know what you guys feel. I think we're we are inherently connected to the past and the future. And in the future, it's all quite morbid because we're all, you know, in the afterlife or in the cosmic universe or whatever. Mm. So, and we're constantly in flux, as like like many time travelers, were in flux and with the past and the future. So it's good to combine them together in a in a, an image, I think it was a. Yeah, a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Who doesn't want to draw a key man?
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing that's to me, it's, it's like, I, I I think I'm uh, uh, a little older than you guys because it's like, I just, I think I kind of missed he man, the he man era. What year was he man?
0: It was the early eighties, early to mid eighties.
1: Yeah. So I was probably 13 or 14 or 15 or something. But um, so, you know, to me, you know, when you get past a certain age, like to me, Scooby-Doo was it because it was like in the, in the 70s, early 70s. That to me gives me that feeling because that's when I was sure. well, that's when I was really young. And um, he man, it's like I never was able to see it the same way as people that were at that right age saw it. And um, yeah. so to me, I never had the real. You know, oh, Skeletor's cool feeling. And tell yeah. yours, but seeing your version of Skeletor is like, that's fucking so cool. You know, it's like you did it justice. You know, with with your rendition of it, which you know was. And I know other people have done versions of it, yeah. but but I've I've never seen one that I was like, this is badass. This is really cool. So I just think it's like such a great idea.
2: Well, I think you know when people do it, they kind of, you know, even the, the movie stuff, they turn kind it. Of- do it from the point of view of the aesthetics uh, and that's not really the way to do it you've got to go back to the you look at the character from the, from his core right you know if you forget forget about the cartoon is a guy that you know he, his body is held together by a cult magic by internet right. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. His, his, his skin is gone but he's still being able to function that's and that's why he has no teeth for me for my version right <laughs> he's just like <laughs> gaps because you are know, if you think about it as well, what's what's the one thing everybody goes through in life and fears is, is like toothache. As a you know, as a twelve-year-old, I and mean then later in life, and uh, so it's, it's, it's little hints like that. Of right. having No teeth and, you know, oh yeah,
1: and that's like a, com- a, loose a common nightmare too—losing your teeth, or your <laughs> yeah. teeth fall out. It's like a dream that everybody has. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it. it's just weaving in little things. Like yeah,
1: that. yeah, yeah. It's re- I mean that's what. I think that's how, um, one, one of the things that makes work gives, we we were talking, uh, were we talking about the magic thing? Oh, with Tom Baxa, we were talking about like getting the magic, the thing you can't put your finger on in art, which your stuff definitely has for sure. And it's, and, and I think that's one of the, um, Tom brought up a good point that it's like, you know, you know, really reaching deep inside to, 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 you know, get in touch with this part of yourself that has the magic, but it's also, I think it is attention to detail, not necessarily mean, not necessarily rendering everything, but attention to detail, like where you're really thinking about the character, you know, that, that that gives it it. life. Mm -hmm. That gives it the thing, you know what I mean? So it's like
2: almost like, a like a method actor. Yeah. Yeah. Into the psychology of the character. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've done that with everything. I've, I was tempted, but only once did that kind of go wrong in that I was doing an illustration based on, uh, I think it's sleep paralysis, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a common thread in sleep paralysis that people see a tall man with a kind of um, bowler hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of like a common thread for all these people that have gone through these nightmares. Mm -hmm. So I was was looking at these images, I was trying to get into the psychology of this kind of And so yeah, I illustrated it, and you know it looked pretty good. But that night, I had the most intense, freaky nightmares you could ever think of. Oh really? And, and I just thought maybe I tapped into something. Wow!
1: Really, what was it? You did know? did you, were you visited by one of those shadow people, or was it?
2: It was. It was just. It was like, it was like the darkness in. I say the shadow in a wall was darker than it should be. Oh wow! So every time I looked at a corner of a wall, it just feels dark. just get this really sunken feeling. Right. I get wake up, and it's like, yeah, yeah that's like, the only time I've thought, maybe I've thought a bit too much about the, uh, <laughs> <kind of> this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I describe that feeling as kind of like a spiritual terror, like, like, because yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've been there as well. And it's like, it's a feeling that is, that is like, the, wor- the most ho- horrific and frightening feeling you can feel in this consciousness that we live in all the time, except it's like a spiritual version of that, so it's deeper. That's how it felt that's to it. me. Just like this terror that, I, you know, just, oh my god, the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. It's weird, weird, weird. It
2: is, it's odd, isn't it? It's not like a, like in, in like a horror film shot. No, something. yeah, yeah. It's
1: <laughs> <really> different. <laughs> yeah, it's like this kind of existential dread or something that's just in the pit of your stomach oh my god but
0: uh conjuring
1: (laughs) so um sorry about the dogs here um we got the great dane over so she barks a lot um so what uh aside from these books are you uh doing, are you still planning on doing uh, your own film projects or are you just kind of like um, seeing where everything yeah. goes or doing more gallery shows? Or
2: I'm, I'm trying to get a few, a couple of films off the ground, but the plan is not to chase the studios anymore, not right. to chase financial yeah. people. Yeah, we have been stung so many times with money, man. It's, it's unreal. So a friend of mine has got all the equipment. Um, another friend has got um, a big hotel they're going to Give us for two weeks, so we're going to do oh, just do our own movie and not rely on anybody else. Because, yeah, you know, people suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, if you want, to
2: we're doing right, you've got to just do it, do yourself. it yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. That would that's that'll be exciting to see. Is it going to be like a short or a feature? Or? No, it'll
2: be, be a full feature. Wow. You know? it would be it be a quite contained movie, like maybe three, four people in a house type of thing.
1: That's but, the way yeah, to do it, man. Good. If you if you have a strong Concept and a good mm-hmm. script. You don't need, yeah. you know. Night of the Living Dead is the one I always bring up. That yeah. very minimal. They sp- cost them a hundred grand, and yeah. you mm-hmm. know, it's it's a masterpiece because they had a great script. You know, True. True. and they and they, you know, and it's there's even with the there's mistakes in there, technical mistakes in there, but it's like mm-hmm. this, the the this script is so good it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to do it. That's what I if I figured I ever you know if I ever did my own film i would do something with like two characters or three characters in one room or you know look at my dinner with andre you know that's a that's a great movie you know it's all about
0: yeah or even like uh the film tape by richard linklater that's another really good one that's if you guys have seen the movie tape
1: i haven't seen that you guys
0: should you guys should watch that it's great it's got ethan hawk in it actually it's so it's you know it's good the acting's good Acting's good, but, uh, yeah, it's just literally three characters in one room. It's a hotel room and there are three characters and and even a motel room. So it's like this tiny little motel room and there are three characters and that's the whole movie. And it's hugely compelling Hmm. and it just comes back down to, you know, if you're, Paul, you you know, and Chet, you guys are both film people, so you guys know what I'm talking about. But it's like it comes down to dramatic action. That's the, that's the name of the game. You don't need a bunch of spectacle if you have strong dramatic action. You can create dramatic action between a person and an object, let alone between two people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if anybody hasn't seen it, check out Tape by Richard Linklater. It's awesome.
1: I'm going to watch that. I'm going to awesome. rent it. <laughs> <laughs> So let's, uh, do you, is, is, are you working on one thing, trying to get one thing specifically going now, or do you have a bunch of things?
2: It's quite a lot. It's like three movies mm. we're trying to do at the same time, because and, and, you've got to juggle, because you, know, you never know what will happen. Yeah. You know, after this book, I'd like to do, um, like to do shots based on the Master of the Universe characters as well. Oh, but cool! I just, uh, just made them absolutely brutal. I made yeah. them fan, fan <laughs> yeah. driven. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, and rea- realistic. You know, yeah, a sense yeah. of realism. That's a cool yeah. idea. I
2: mean, we were talking the other day. We thought maybe, um, you know, a uh, vulture man from Thundercats Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> I you might. Imagine well, we, we kind of start in the desert, and there's a you think it's a vulture, but it's a it's a man, and he's ripping a body apart. He's taking ah, that's cool. Eyes, that's great. Lit in the body, he you know, just kind of like pauses, turns around, and just hears this cry of you know thunder, thunder, and he just kind of like goes, and like cuts <laughs> off.
1: That's a great <laughs> she, idea, you know, man. I love that a volt stuff like that. I yeah, think, yeah, like, yeah. I, you know what's also cool about like I always say, I always say, one of my famous quotes is. <laughs> you know, they shouldn't remake good movies. They should remake bad movies or uh, movies that had a good idea, but they were executed poorly. Those are the only ones they should yeah. remake in, in the, in the, yeah. in the uh, real, in the ideal world. And it's kind of like that with the the cartoon, you know, what you're talking about with the masters of the universe, because, you know, it was like a cool idea, but it was, yeah. the animation was bad. And, you know, it was not realized it was for kids. And it was, you know, at a time when animation wasn't, you know, really yeah. great. So it's kind of cool to take something, take the, you know, the basics and turn it into something good in a way, you know, like plus, quality.
2: You, plus, you know that if, you know, if studios got hold of it, they would do it for the version of you when you were like 12 and 13. That's right. fair enough, you know, because if they didn't do it for us, then we wouldn't be talking about this now. So Right, right. But, but I want to do it for a version of me now. I want to do it, you know, <laughs> really messed up
1: yeah I think it would be great I think it'd be great well, I
2: got a question for you Paul Where
0: you know we, di- we didn't really go back to your early beginnings I'm curious for you where your creativity kind of sparked and started if you have like a, a signature key memory or a time in your life when you really started to be like whoa this is what's up I'm into this you know
2: I think um, I spent a lot of time in my own head because there was kind of like um, kind of trouble at home so mm. I would spend a lot of time in my bedroom painting, and I just got just devoured art books constantly. You know, I would have canvases the size of my bedroom wall. And I would paint on them when I was like 12 or 13. Wow. Just different worlds, different... Well, they all got stolen. <laughs> Most of them got stolen. But I would just paint them constantly, and then sketches and things like that. And it was just art books all the time. And um, you know, I went to college, and I, I left after three days because the... You know, they wanted to do still life and paint apples and bananas. And I wanted to, to do like Iron main style from covers, and, you know. Right. <laughs> had a big argument and I just left. And to be honest, I was, you know, unemployed for a long time. But even then I was just constantly doing, just drawing characters all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until till maybe even my mid-20s that I got a break doing computer games. And again, it was just because it had something to do with art. You know, it wasn't to right. do with type of stuff I like, because that kind of Kai Barker, Geiger-style thing, it was just, it was art. So I, I took it, yeah. And then it kind of led up to that Butler Lane moment. So, yeah. I'm a, a late bloomer when it comes to professional art.
1: Huh. Yeah, you kind of seem to go pretty fast through the ranks, too. When, when did you, your stuff is, uh, your concept work, it's like you have a really unique, it's, I don't know, what do they call it, where you are... Uh, there's a term for it where you're photo bashing or something where
2: you're yeah, kind of taking elements yeah, and kind of a, a, a kind of a modern term. I don't know. You know, it's this photo bashing. I think it was more like map painting. I guess.
1: Oh, okay. It, it, yeah. Something right.
2: I, I came up with because I had to, I, you know, I said, I didn't, oh, didn't know what I was doing. So I just made it. Wrong. Oh, really?
1: Cause it's, it's, I, you know, I, that's how, when I did, uh, Uh, most of my concept work, I would kind of do it that way. Like rather than painting and rendering the whole thing digitally, it's like you start, you take photos because you know, that's the thing about um, in the, in the movie business, it's all about do it, do it fast, you know? So it just makes sense to take photos, take your own reference photos, cut everything out, use the liquefy tool, move things around. And then, you know, and it's really actually a really fun, great work to, to, a great way to work. Definitely. You know,
2: it's it's kind of along those lines, but on a, on a kind of maybe like a micro level. So I would, you know, I would my you know, I manipulate little tiny details, mm-hmm. and then draw the draw, draw the bigger shapes first, and you know, integrate textures. I think it, maybe it comes from games because in games I was oh, doing yeah. uh, what they call texture pages for buildings and things. Oh yeah, texture texture maps. Yeah. Yeah, so I was manipulating photorealistic textures day in, day out. So for me, it was just ridiculously quick. You know, I could mock up a character using texture detail in like a couple of hours. Right, right. And I think most people might, you know, it might take days or weeks. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. If you were to hand paint one of those things, one of your conceptual <laughs> yeah. designs, that would be like <laughs> impossible. Yeah. So did you, what, um, did you, were you into like Photoshop and computers before you got that computer job, or did you kind of learn it on the job?
2: Um, on the job, more or less. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I, mean, I, I was doing digital art myself. I was, you know, okay. The last like, gallery stuff was digital art. Uh, okay. And that was a kind of that was a mix of, you know, airbrushing and um, matte painting, and a little bit of you know, like you said, what you call photo bashing. It was a mm. mix of it all. But when it came to the conceptual design, it was like, okay, I was just thinking, okay, well, you know, they want photorealistic realistic, and they want it kind of right now. So, you know, how can I best go about that? I was just, you know, get stuck in and try it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love the liquify tool. Li- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> liquify tool is the best. The best thing in Photoshop. <laughs> so you must be pretty good at Photoshop.
2: I am, but I, I stick to like, you know. Simple things. You know, I know, I know what works. Right. I don't need to know all the rest of the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm still on like an old version because I, I don't need it. Oh,
1: okay. You know, it's like, uh,
2: everybody's screaming, you gotta use ZBrush, but uh, right. yeah, you know, what works works. So I don't really yeah. care for anything else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you, yeah, if you don't need it, yeah. ZBrush is pretty cool though. It's, it's, it's a yeah. little bit of a learning c- curve. I'm kind of bummed because right when I left the film business, I had learned ZBrush on the job. Yeah. Like enough yeah. enough to make something, and mm. and then and then I left the industry, and um, then I I forgot everything about it. I haven't, and I have a copy of it. I just,
2: mm.
1: you know, I really kind of want to use it because it is really fast for um, yeah. sculpting. I mean, it's it's fast, and it kind of like it makes sculptors a little bit better than they are in real life too. It's a weird thing, you know, mm. for some reason I don't know why, but it, but it's mm. like it looks a little bit better than regular. What you can do in clay, it will look a little bit better yeah. in ZBrush for some reason.
2: Do you reckon a lot of clay people are moving over to that now, or are they still kind of hanging down saying that oh, this is this is what I like, this is what I'm using?
1: Yeah, I, I see. You know, I see more clay people doing using ZBrush mm-hmm. for sure. But um, you know, as far as in the makeup effects field, it seems like for the most part, sculpting is is still, you have to sculpt it, you know, yeah. you could, you know, but I've seen, I'm seeing people do stuff like some of the, uh, or a few of the shops that are, are kind of pushing the envelope with computer stuff. Like they're building things in Z brush and then creating the mold, printing 3d printing the mold by flipping yeah. the thing inside out and then the molds. So you don't have and to sculpt ZBrush. it and you don't have to <laughs> mold it. It's crazy. Sure. So you got one person who, if you're a good zebra sculptor and knows how to use it, mm-hmm. one person does a, a sculpture which, you know, takes a fraction of the time and then you, you get a mm-hmm. mold, you pull, you print out a mold and it's done. Just, huh. It's, you know, on one hand it's great and on the other hand it's kind of a bummer in a way but <laughs> for, for all the sculptors and mold makers yeah. but, you know, that's the way progress goes, I suppose, you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's like a... One of the reasons that I'm kind of deviating away is because I, I guess I became the ideas guy as well. So they get me in for, you know, four weeks and get me all ideas for this and that and the other. And then I'm out, you know. Right. So you you might say, okay, I've worked on three, four, five big A-list movies this year. But when you tally it all together, it's only like two months work. Right. So it, it's, it's not, you know, it's not as easy as people think to kind of uh, make a, a huge career out of it. It's, it's pretty hard going. Oh yeah.
1: You <laughs> get, I mean, the, that's the thing. It's like the, it pays well, but it pays well because it's not steady, yeah. you know? So you're getting paid, you know, way more than you would at any normal job, but you know, it's only mm-hmm. two weeks at Three a time, weeks. four weeks at yeah. a time, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, a, a, a lot of time I would, I, I, I found that it, that they would usually tell you it'd be three weeks and then they would, and then by the end of it would be a couple months. <laughs> that's like almost every job I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's going to be, three, yeah. it's like just a standard. Oh, it's going to be three mm-hmm. weeks and then they end up extending it. But even then it's like a couple months is, you know, you can yeah. only work a couple months a year and, and you know, <laughs> you just need one or two bad months to completely ruin you.
2: Yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. and it happened to me, I, it happened to me in the nineties. There was a big, mm-hmm. I think there's a writer's strike, but man, it's like there was nothing going on during this, I've, you know, I'm bad with dates too, but during a period of the nineties, it was, there was this really bad time and nobody was working. And it was just like, if I only started this art thing back then, you know, for on my downtime, it wouldn't have been so yeah, difficult I, I always, to do. I but,
2: wonder whether, what would have happened if I didn't start the movies, if I kept pushing the gallery stuff right back then? You know, because I'll start slowly. I starting know. to Get things in galleries and yep. stuff, and it's like ten years later. I'm, I'm going back to that. So,
1: yeah, I
2: know.
1: You know, I <laughs> Oh Yeah, I think about that all the time. But you know, because I, I, yeah, could, you,
0: you rolled the dice once you once yeah. you rolled them and you placed your bet. If, <laughs> if I would have started,
1: if I would have started painting, you know, when I was 20 instead yeah. of 33, you know, that's mm-hmm. when I started painting. Oh my God, I'd probably be. Sitting pretty now, but you never know. You know, there's part of it is time. You know, timing is everything they say. So, yeah. you know, you got to just go with go with what you got.
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> so, are you um, looking to do more gallery work?
2: Yeah, I think we'll see, see how this book goes, mm-hmm. and then after this, I want to spend some time going back to pain uh whether i'm in the digital stuff or not i'm not i'm not sure yet i'm, mm. I'm enjoying just inks and i'm enjoying acrylics mm. so we'll, we'll yeah. see how it
1: goes it's cool your paintings are really uh different than your digital work they're really like expressive yeah. a kind of expressionist sort of you know really yeah. you know yeah, vibrant and real textury yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. loose looser than your yeah. you know
2: well I, I think that that's it it's I'm not too bothered about the end result. <laughs> it only makes a little <laughs> make sense, but I'm not, you know, it, it is. So it's all about the, you get it polished and you, you get the design and the end the illustration, but in, in the painting, it's a little bit more emotive and I can just, mm-hmm. just let let loose a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool that you can do that because I think a lot of, um, concept artists like Tom was, Tom Baxter was talking about yeah, that. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And, and you know and I, feel the same way, really, with my work. Like, I have a hard time being as loose and expressive as what you're doing with with your paintings because, you know, it's just you get trained for so long to be tight and it's, you know, yeah. I, I can manage it, but it's not easy. It's not natural to yeah. me because of that. So that's kind of cool that you're able to do that.
2: Well, I haven't, I haven't got to the point where I'm really showing it to the public yet. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Kickstarter-only people. I got yeah. access to it right now.
1: Those ink yeah. r- ink drawings that you're gonna do color washes on as a reward, those are amazing. Those inks are so <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. That those are gonna be. What are those? What are those? Uh, uh. Pro- reward tiers. Do you know what tier they're gonna be at price wise? Uh,
0: those are add-ons, so you can add on uh, add on one of those ink drawings for fifty pounds onto a, oh, it. fifty cool. onto an existing? Yeah. on an existing one. That's yeah.
1: a great price. I wanna
0: have to do yeah, that. It's cra- well, that's what I was telling Paul. I was like, I can't believe you you know, we need to get you to a point where your your shit's worth more than because like I mean I look at the, his work I couldn't do something like that if I like spent
1: four hours. Oh no, it. it's that's a that's a killer deal, you know. It is Kickstarter though. You you on Kickstarter yeah. you, you offer the crazy deals, you know, that's kind of the the way it goes. But yeah, I'm curious. I I only saw the ink stage, so I'm curious to see yeah. once they get the the color I'm, I'm trying on. to I'm
2: trying to hold back on too much color. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm sticking with you know a few blues for the skin tone right. and, and just some highlights and see how it goes. Yeah, have you it's seen? Fun, it's fun, yeah, it's fun to, to to kind of do the same characters but you know reimagine them with inks. I think yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of play around a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Mike Mignola's uh, watercolor paintings? You know the the guy. Yeah. 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 He's been yeah. posting those on Facebook. They're so. I mean, I'm not a usually a watercolor fan i'm like i really like oil paintings i like to look at oil paintings i like to paint at oil paintings but his watercolors like really make me want to try painting in watercolor they're so good because i like how he's i don't know the colors are muted he's kind of not overdoing it you know he's so it's it made me think of the the ones you're doing so they're pretty amazing you know if if you're on facebook check out check his stuff out too it's pretty damn cool have you have you uh when you were showing in galleries have you ever like because uh, I've been doing these hand uh, uh, embellished giclées, where, mm-hmm. where you do a digital print and then you paint on top of it. I or yeah. I, I haven't been doing it. I've done two yeah. over the last two years, but I want to start doing them. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking mm-hmm. it might be interesting. I was wondering if you've done this with uh, taking your your digital that style in your digital mm. and then printing it on canvas and then painting on top of those. That could be really cool. I did,
2: um, I did one a long time ago. Uh, I saw it to a friend of mine, John Gallagher, and that was, I didn't paint on top, but I used like, uh, like thick varnish. Right. Just to add little highlights. Yeah. So, fun. so I'm thinking, yeah, me and Mike have been talking about that. I'm thinking of doing it that would, for Kickstarter. Yeah,
1: That would be cool because I know that, um, digital, prints are really there's a prejudice against them in galleries yeah. like purely digital prints people just
2: yeah
1: are not it i remember uh you know cam DeLeon. no uh his no. stuff's amazing amazing and he you know he he sold his all his stuff was painted digitally but it was looked like paintings mm-hmm. you know right and um I'll have to send you a link because you'll fucking totally love his stuff. I'm,
0: I'll bet he. I'll bet Paul recognizes. Yeah, you'll probably. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. so
1: good, and um, he you know couldn't really get into, and he. I'm telling you, he was like probably the best painter in the whole scene, but he was doing yeah. it digitally. So he, but he couldn't get into the galleries with the digital prints. So he eventually started painting in oils, and they look mm-hmm. as amazing, you know. As amazing yeah. as digital because he's really talented yeah. like that, but but yeah. So I was just just popped in my head that would be I would that's something I would like to see anyway. You know, yeah. kind of a combination thing would be really neat.
2: All right, yeah, I'll have to experiment with that. Yeah. Get
1: on, get on that. Yeah, get on <laughs> <laughs> So, anything else in your life exciting?
2: Um, I've got rats in the garage. Yeah. That's <laughs> going, going on right now. <laughs> rats in the garage? We got rats in the garage. Trying to get rid of those. Yeah, that that's t- that's took up the last three days, I think. <laughs> oh
1: my God. <laughs> I've definitely got. How
2: are, how are you getting rid of them? Are you poisoning them? Or are you shooting them? Are you trapping them? No, we're just going to. I'm clearing everything out and I'm going to board it all up so they can't get in. There so you go. Fortress. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't
0: kill him. Yeah, well, yeah, but they make live traps. You know, you can live trap it. Yeah, they can take, yeah,
1: take them elsewhere. We can I'll
2: we, send my whippet in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely have. We got this defunct jacuzzi in our backyard that where the motor broke, and there's definitely something living in there because the dogs <laughs> are always trying to get in and sniffing at it. You're like, you're like an animal guy, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, more, than, more so than people, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, um, I mean, I, I live in a. I used to live in a, like, oh, I wouldn't say i get old, but it wasn't it wasn't far off. It took a lot to get out, and now I'm in a really nice place, but still too many people. Really? <laughs> I just need to be, you know, myself and my partner in a house where there's nobody around. Right. <laughs> <In> Mike's place. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's it's what Mike, Mike has.
1: <laughs> Do you have neighbors close to you? Too many.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's like really, really overlooked. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, you know, joking aside, I think it's a lot about, um, I think I've told Mike about this thing about frequency and like people and places give off a frequency. Holy totally, man. You just get that vibe of people and majority of humans I just don't get on with. I just yeah. don't feel, you know, vibe. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, yeah.
1: you yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing someone talking about. The reason they like to work at night was because everybody's asleep and it's like there's less psychic noise and it feels more peaceful. And I kind of feel that way, too. Like, I definitely feel I'm a night person and I definitely feel uh, just living in a city surrounded by people. At night, everything does feel Mm -hmm. calmer. You know, there's like a calmer energy.
2: My partner has to work at night. Uh, for me, I'm up at like when the sun rises, I'm up, but I have my e on just, just blasted Right. You know, everything's out then. You know. wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do but any? We, kind of, we no. meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. 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 I know.
1: My, my wife's got like her sleep's all messed up. She's got a sleeping disorder. So she like, she'll go to bed at like, I think last night she went to bed at eight and then got up at three. Thirty. That's what she does often because you know she, sure. when she wakes up, she wakes up. But she can't help it. And sure. um, I was just going to bed, <laughs> so it's like we get to see each other when she's getting up and I'm laying down. And it's nice because I remember I,
0: those days. I get the I whole on the documentary. That's how it
1: was. <laughs> it's nice sure. that I get the whole bed, but it's not. You know, it's still. I don't know. I, I wish that I was. And inevitably, gets to a point where I have to start reining myself in because I'm such a night person that I'll just go later and later. And, and then, and then when it goes too far, I just become <laughs> kind of an asshole in you my waking a morning hours. Person.
0: If you go too far into the night, you become. <laughs> <a morning
1: person>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I just, I feel like it's ingrained in me. I can't, you know, as much as no matter what I do, it's always going to be there. It's almost like I, I, I feel like I'm addicted to the night. <laughs> you know, like like that's it feels. I know. <laughs> it sounds like an film, isn't it? yeah, <laughs> that sounds like like a, a Rick's, 80s Rick Springfield song or something. But yeah, I, I it feels like that. Like it feels like no matter what I do, it's always going to be there. This pull to stay up late and work late. You know, it's just like because it was so ingrained in me as a kid because yeah. I used to stay yeah. up late. You know, all the time. So. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe if I get rich or something, then I could do whatever and it won't matter.
0: (laughs) Is that how that works? (laughs) That's just a myth.
1: Yeah, it probably is a myth. I don't know. So how long did you actually work in the film industry? It doesn't sound like it was that long.
2: I think maybe eight years, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. That's that's kind of yeah, it was after Battle LA, it was like nonstop for a few years. Then like, I just say you might have like three or four months of nothingness and then on again. So it was probably about eight years, I reckon. Right.
1: Yeah. So what was your, uh, I don't know, I, I had a my brain, I worked about, what was it? What's 2008? Two, 20, 20 years straight, I think I did. And I hit my breaking point at around 15 years. Where I was like, I gotta get out, and um, yeah. I was just saying. Actually, I think it was on. The, was it on the last podcast? I said, Oh, no, that was on another podcast I did called the. Uh, uh, I gotta remember the bonus material podcast. I ju- I just did a, a, an interview for them, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the film that made me leave the industry, like the last straw, and it was this movie. Yeah. It was this movie called The Cave I worked on, and it was just you know that patrick tutopoulos his shop it was his shop he was amazing he's a great designer i don't know if you know his stuff he's a really great artist super cool guy but just it was you know it was in the summer and it was too much work in one small space yeah. and and mm-hmm. you know i was saying how every day we had to pull out our all the painting equipment yeah and the heat huh. and paint under a, a you know a an awning and it was super hot wearing respirators and we're spraying rubber, rubber cement paint, which is naphtha Mm. and rubber (laughs) nasty toxic shit. And it just was too much. And I'm like, that was my breaking point. And then once that happened, you know, it took another five to seven years to get out. So it's like, I hit that point. I was also starting to sell artwork. So Mm. I saw like a way out too. Yeah. And so it, you know, it took me all that time. So what was your, uh, What was your breaking point or was Uh, it right right. away (laughs) after you, after that first job or after your second uh, job?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It it wasn't so much the workload. It was the, it was disappointment because I I get obsessed. So if somebody, somebody would email and say, look, you know, Hey Paul, we, we want you to be on this movie, you know, when can you start? I'm I'm in there straight away. I'm I'm researching. I'm, right. I'm dreaming of these characters. I'm you know right. I'm doing a whole thing. Yeah, you and then fully a week fully
1: throw yourself into I, it.
2: Yeah, and then a week later, I'm like, you know, aren't we meant to start soon. Oh, sorry, we give it somebody else. Oh uh, yeah, know, that that happens so many times. Yeah, uh, it, and it happened on movies that I would like, you know, like almost lose myself to. Like I asked, they got asked to, do, you know, Terminator films and, uh, and all these things. I thought, well, these dreams come true. I'm, I'm really psyched up. And then again, you get, you just forget about. It. And it was just happening over and over and over again. I thought, hard enough. I can't sit and wait for these things to happen. I've got to right. do, do my own thing. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Disney, owning the world now, it's getting worse because Disney have a um, using an in-house only policy. Right. So freelancers, freelancers are, are getting shafted left, right, and centre. Yeah. You know, with less movies being greenlit and more Disney movies being greenlit, it's gonna get harder.
1: Yeah. It's almost like, you know, we're sort unless we wanna go along with the program, we're sort of being pushed out in a way, in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you unless you wanna yeah. kind of become a lifer somewhere and, and punch yeah. punch the mm-hmm. clock and Yeah.
2: That's it. That's, get healthcare. <laughs> <think> <laughs> I have to think if, if Geiger was alive today, would would he still be do? Would he be up for doing movies? I don't think he would. Oh, no, I think, no. He I
1: think, he yeah. he has he. Have, did you ever see that letter he wrote to the the movie studio about Alien? I think no. he, I, I think it was. Yeah, he wrote this long ass letter <laughs> that was circulating. I think that's that's what happened, and it's just you know he was so pissed about the whole thing, so unhappy about it, you know. <laughs> Which is
2: I <laughs> don't they don't I mean I don't want this studios too much because they have, you know, give me a, a boost and you know, yeah. still just come in now and again. Right. But they generally they're not looking for visionaries, they're not looking for anything new. Yeah. They're looking for the same thing.
1: Yeah. And you know, I don't even fault them for that because, you know, I get it. They're investing yeah. a lot of money you know, yeah. it's a business to them. I get it, but it's not a business to us. You know, it's yeah. like we really, we are fans, you know, they're not fans necessarily. They're fans no, of really good money, yeah. <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> you could be a fan. I mean, that's cool. Some people are, you know, they're into making money and, and I don't, I don't have a problem with that actually, yeah. if you do it ethically, but you know, so they have a different perspective on making Films, yeah, you know, it's Uh, a product. A
2: little bit like what happened with um, the Hellraiser Origins thing is that I got shut down from the highest level straight away. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk
1: to you about. Tell, tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That, Well, um, well, you know, like I I pitched this idea, right, to kind of reinvent Pinhead, or I call him the priest, and Mm I was really. Really naive. I thought I could just reinvent the whole fucking world, and uh, and I did this big pitch, and they, and we shot it down south, and all the artwork, and then I had all the press lined up. You'll know, bear in mind this was just like done from my bedroom in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> really? Yeah. How did you? you know, how did, who, who did you pitch it to? We we sent it to Dimension first. You just sent uh, it. Uh, yeah. So a of, <laughs> well, a friend of mine helped direct it, Mike be He was a good oh,
1: guy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he, so he, he, he kind of had an cool. in? A little bit yeah, of an in? Okay. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. We had, I had all this press lined up. You know, I, I was saying, oh, hi, I'm Paul from Paul Girard Studios when I was just, you know, a bloke with a computer <laughs> 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 in of England.
1: Sitting in your underwear I, working on the computer.
2: i <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a week you know, so all the press was ready, all the magazines, and you know, you make it go, you know, you, you know, score, you make it go viral, right. and then you know, you get a deal, blah blah blah. But a week before it was meant to hit all the press, uh, Clive Barker announced that he was coming out of retirement and he was going to do his own Hellraiser version, which oh. I later find out was, you know, wasn't true. So whether it was him or whether it was his people or not, I don't know. Right, but that, that just shut me down straight away. Mm. Which is a shame because I did it because
1: I loved hers and I loved Clive Barker's work. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I, you know, I wonder if you couldn't have ch- tweaked it and yeah. and made it your own thing because I know that uh, I worked on that movie Dark Man. You remember that movie Dark Man? Yeah. And Definitely. Sam Raimi made Dark Man because he he uh, developed the Shadow. He wanted to do the Shadow oh, okay. and. Um, yeah. And he was he was gonna get it made and then they turned him down. So he's like, Well, I'm gonna take the bait, everything that basically the same and tweak the story to be original and then he made Darkman. Shadow yeah. Darkman. You know, it's like a kind of a similar concept. Really? Yeah. I,
2: well, I think there was at the start, yeah, I could have done that, but because um we went down the route of trying to get this big scene in the background and it was C G Went on oh, years. oh! You shot? Did you shoot stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, trailer. Oh wow! And, I haven't seen the trailer. And you pan back from the priest. That's a great like, trailer. Oh it wow! It's like three hundred bodies and like uh, an organic flower, which was like representing wow. Leviathan and God and the rebirth and things like that. Wow! But because we spent so long, so many other hands got involved and like wannabe producers and this and that, and right. so many people tied to it. But if I did end it with it, you know, you'd have to kind of do all these like, right. people. So I just, at the end I just you know, I just put ties and yeah, <laughs> if I do my own thing, I'd have to do it completely different. Yeah.
1: Else. How much time did you spend developing that?
2: Six months, I think. Yeah. Solid. Like, oh,
1: man, wow. <laughs> That's too <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> that must've been, that must've been a bummer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, And my own money. Unfortunately, yeah. But like I, said, I was naive at the time. Yeah.
1: Do you know Clive? Have you ever worked with him? Or
2: um, I know some of his good friends, and and he did email me or somebody with him emailed me during that time and said, you know, can you drop by to his house and we'll have a chat. Mm. Not realizing that I was, you know, oh, of the world. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. So He's a really I cool. Would, Cool guy. I would love to meet him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a great guy. Really
2: I think I think I was pretty sure that email didn't come from him, it was his kind of people right uh, his legacy type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, you never know. You never know yeah. with th- things that are connected to
2: <laughs> studios. It's, it's and... definitely a blessing it didn't have because it was dimension, you know. <laughs> so have oh, to deal with yeah, right. the devil. Yeah. with deal with what? The devil mention
1: the Weinsteins and what oh shit. okay <laughs> yeah right <laughs> wow yeah that's interesting Shit. yeah I, I'm not pretty amazing yeah I've, it's like I, I'm I, I'm even when I was in the business I was never up on who was behind what studio so weird I always, I just like started so young and I was just so focused on effects yeah like I know yeah. binky my friend Jim binky he always would like you know really know who was doing what and who are yeah. the who were the big producers and executive producers and i was always kind of just like pushing clay around you know i never <laughs> paid i never kind of was dumb really because i i don't know i feel like i should have been paying t- attention to that stuff more um,
2: i was there like i emailed some guy last week and i, I told my friend I just emailed a few people that I found on my email list. He's like, he's the head of Sony. Right. Really? <laughs> I, I was like, Hey Bob, whatever his name is? Check out my new book. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, they're just people.
1: Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of not how I, how, That's how I reconnected with Clive actually was, um, mm-hmm. we had, I'd actually met him, gone to his house, did some design work with me and my boss at the time, Tony yeah. Gardner. He was really cool. And uh, uh, the project fell through, but I still had somehow I had his phone number and I, I just called him because at that point I was trying to, I've probably told this story a million times, but I was trying to get my, uh, like a CG company off the ground. I hadn't gone into (laughs) fine art yet because it didn't even consider that an option. And so I had a a demo reel and I sent him the reel Mm -hmm. and then I called him just at his house and he picked up the phone and, um, and he's like, (laughs) I was like, "Hey, Clive, it's Chet Zar." Blah, blah blah. I sent you the. And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't do work on holidays." And it turns out it was Martin Luther King Day, and I was so embarrassed. Oh, oh my god! I just oh, that terrible feeling. It was so, just to get the nerve up to call him was so hard. Yuck. And then it was like, "Oh, you did it on holiday, dummy!" But he was super cool. He's like, "You know, one, yeah. can you call back tomorrow?" And then, um, and that that was one of the big reasons i started in fine art because he saw he yeah. he saw my demo which is a bunch of weird computer animated loops and stuff that were just yeah. art made for art's sake mm-hmm. and he he that was when the time he said I, you know i don't have any work for you but you know i would suggest you get into fine art and he was yeah. kind of the first person that really say that to me so i was like yeah. Clive Barker yeah. says I should be a fine artist. Maybe I should you start could, thinking yeah. about that. <laughs> so I kind of owe him a lot in that way. He's one of the, one of the people I really. Owe. I love his
2: work mind. Yeah, yeah. He's a genius.
1: He's a genius. No, no doubt about it. And, um, he was, I, uh, when, when we worked with him too, he was, what was cool about him is he was super, um, smart from a business mm-hmm. standpoint too. Yeah. You know, like he was really creative, and also he would be like, uh, he would just have these ideas for products and projects. Yeah. So it was like he was a, a total mix of a business-minded person and a creative genius. You know, so it was really kind of
2: that's uh, yeah. It's what artists, artists have got to learn. Quick, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, if you want to survive, you know, people mm-hmm. are always. So many artists are like, I hate money, I hate business, I hate marketing. It's like yeah. you better learn to love it. And you don't, you
0: don't hate the gas in your car and the food in your mouth, do you? Right?
2: It's just. I used to say, you know, you know, money's your god, and I'm not, I'm not driven by money, until I, I had to get a mortgage. Yeah, right. and I was like, yeah, I, know I need to get paid. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember my my friend Mitch Devane. who was a sculptor. He he used to hate doing. um, he was the best at detail. He did the poor. He was the best at any kind of sculpting. He was the best sculptor of the business, and um, he used to every time. What did he used to say he, about doing detail? It's like he 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 would prefer just to stop at the blockout stage because he felt satisfied artistically or whatever. Yeah, but he would have to detail it to perfection, and he's like he'd always tell me it's just like doing the dishes. You got to do the Mm -hmm. dishes, you know, no one wants to do the dishes. And that's, that's why I I always relate it to marketing and and learning business and Mm -hmm. earning money. You know, nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to deal with that shit, but you know, nobody wants to, you know, I don't want to take a shit every day. It's a pain in the ass. You know, I don't (laughs) want to do the dishes. I don't want to take the (laughs) trash out, but it's like, you got to do these things. So you just got to accept it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I felt the same with um, social media. That's why I'm, right. I'm so late. To, I'm so late to the party because I just like, I put it off for so long. Right, but you're doing you know, it now because I'm, you realize yeah, you have I'm, to do I'm, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying you to know? catch up a little, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm enjoying it because part of the book I've I've said to you know to fans and, and other people I've said look, I'll uh, I'm taking requests. So if you've got any anything you want from like the eighty style stuff, I'll reimagine it my own. Work. Oh, cool. People have sent things in, and have, um, you know, I've, yeah, have got stuck in and started doing it, which is fun. You know. That might
1: be. That's that's a. That might be. A, is that for the? You, are you? You're yeah. not. Are you saying for the Kickstarter? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: for the Kickstarter. Oh, okay,
1: so you're offering that as a tier, like an, a, a, a. No, no, oh. just,
2: just general. Just to, oh, okay. You know, I was just shout out on social media. You know, like oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, that's that's smart. You know, that's a good. Somebody, somebody suggested like doing um, inspect the gadget. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that would so be he's, cool. He's, he's on the to-do list. A yeah. biomechanical noir inspector gadget is on the to-do list. That's yeah. excellent.
1: Yeah, you'd be cool to do it for a Kickstarter reward. Yeah, you know, like a, right. for a you know certain price, you get, you get it. You know, you I'll do the design of whatever you come up with. You know, what
0: '80s character? I, or I thought of that too the other day. Actually, it's funny. He's brought he's brought up two of the things that I've suggested, huh? <laughs> During this episode. So.
1: Well, they must be. I think
0: Chet and I, might have, Chet and I might have done this dance once or twice before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing it right, though, Paul.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's going well. Yeah. So, well, we're over an hour, so we should wrap it up. Um,
0: yeah, but head over and back that project. If you guys yeah. get a chance, go to the description. We've got the short link there, but you can also f- find Paul's uh, page on Facebook. It's at Girardian Art. And we'll put a link there for that as well. But that page will link you straight over to the Kickstarter. You yeah, can just also search it on Kickstarter by typing in R I V A L S Rivals. That's the name of the Kickstarter, Rivals.
1: Yeah. And just go to the go to the Kickstarter page and watch, you know, look at the whole project because once you see the project, I think you'll be interested in it. I mean it's it's really cool. It's really and his work is is uh top-notch, you know, it's really easy He's got a
0: video for every chapter in the book, too, on the homepage, it's <laughs> yeah, so, so cool. It, that he hooked me as wanting to help him with the project, because I was like, Jesus, this guy's got a branded video for every chapter, <laughs> and they look choice. They're amazing, like, great graphic yeah, design. Yeah. You know what I mean? Great music. So great it's just enter,
1: entertaining, oh. aside from anything else, but I think you'll, you know, it's 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 definitely a project we're supporting, you know. I'm, I'm uh, supporting. The thing it.
2: is, I at the moment, I'm kind of teaching over hundred characters, but the more successful it gets, the more I want to add. Right. You know, with 200 and 300 characters, I just want to cram them all in. So Yeah. We'll
1: well, what are some of the other characters that you're considering? Do you have any, like...
2: I, I, I want to do... Um, what was it? Somebody said um, uh, Joyce and the Wheeled Warriors. I'd never heard of it. Before. What's it? Uh, Joyce and the Wheeled Warriors.
1: I don't it was know. It a that. cartoon.
2: Oh, really? It was about, it, it was about biomechanical plant...
1: Mad style. Oh, that's cars. cool. So yeah. Dude,
2: I want, Dude, I want
0: you to do. I want you to do <laughs> strawberry shortcake. Straight
1: up. Like a prostitute. <laughs> I
0: want to see a Paul Gerard strawberry shortcake, or a Paul Gerard My Little Pony. I would go for either <laughs> one of those. Straight <laughs> straight up, on. yeah. My Little Pony might be good too. You can have fun with that one.
1: I I think I think it'd be cool to do some of the like classic Scooby Doo ghosts because there's some really cool. Yeah. It, Ghosts from Scooby Doo, like the uh, the uh, the 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 diver. There's like a diver yeah. one, and there's some really really cool ones. Sure. But you know, there's so so-
2: Transformers. Do some Transformer action. No, I might get sued for that one. I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. almost, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost get sued for most of this stuff. So I got I got to kind of take. You can, it call, easy. Them, you can call them Transmorphers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot of, uh, just quick. Yeah, almost oh. uh, as well as that, there's the Lovecraft. Mentioned a lot oh, of Lovecraft. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Lovecraft. I mean, come no. on. Every yeah. Everybody
2: loves Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> which is, that's, you know, things like that give me hope and that we're not completely doomed as a species. That, that you know, Lovecraft, <laughs> the work of Lovecraft is, is loved so much. That gives me hope. Yeah. You
0: that's know? It. Hey, when I was a kid, I went to the library and I was like looking for horror and I asked the lady at the front desk, I was like, you know, other than Edgar Allan Poe, what can I get? And she was like, have you ever heard of H.P. Lovecraft? And I was maybe like 14, and I was like, no. And she was like, check this out. Now I own the whole collection. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but you know, back, that was back when they had libraries, and people would actually suggest things like that to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
2: I but now people got the internet, so who cares, right? Uh, Talk about karma, I think I have stole every art book from every library. I've got to do something to get that back at some point.
1: You got $10,000 yeah, okay. in library fees.
0: I have a co- I have a copy of Where the Wild Things Are from the from elementary school. Still has the stamp from my elementary school <laughs> wow. on it because I, I took it. I was like, oh, Where the Wild Things Are, mine. <laughs> <laughs> a, unfortunately, it's the government thing I've ever stolen in here. my life. Well, it's all right. great having you on. Yeah, oh, thank you so much, Dream. Thank you. Thanks thank for
1: you. thanks for coming on. You're you're awesome. And um, yeah, support. Also,
0: Chet, we have a documentary right now. Oh that's yeah, it's renting for ninety nine cents. Right now it's renting for 99 cents on iTunes. We'll put a link in there for you. So you guys should go over and rent it in HD for uh, I 99 cents for I the like next to,
1: month. I like to paint monsters. And the cool thing about it is if you have um if you have seen it on DVD, the rental is HD. So it's full HD. Even though the DVD looks pretty amazing. It's it's I was surprised at, you know, the DVD quality when we got it. But um still it's kind of cool to see everything in HD. So it uh, and it's 99 cents. Less than about that.
2: I saw it in with you guys. It is fantastic documentary.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's right. Was, that's right. You were there. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was
0: there for the real deal. The, yeah. The real yeah. package
1: yeah. deal.
0: Yeah. It was fun to actually get to see it in the theater, even though I know Chet was just like stirring in his seats oh, every terrible. single time. <laughs> like, terrible. Oh, I'm going to puke. This is horrible. Um, also, though, <laughs> before we get done here, I want to mention the ba- our patron names oh, yeah. because I've, I'm, I've been looked at my duties on the last episode anyway. So I want to catch catch us up here with, cause we've had a bunch of people jumping on, which is really exciting. I think for both Chad and I to see people really getting back on board here. Um, so let me go back uh chet you pledged a dollar to our patreon <laughs> chet did. zarf ladies and gentlemen yeah. is a patron of the dark Arts society <laughs> chet you're your member 122 by the way Thank in you. case you didn't
1: know <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get that on a t-shirt
0: 122 okay so here we go we have uh francis dooley was the one from last time robert heckman neil david Kennemore. we've got chet Zarf. we've got john mike is dead Alina Zakova I'm trying. I'm trying, girl. Moss, straight up Moss. Chris Bolton, the Crypt Collector, Maximal XFX. And that looks like it. So thank you all for supporting the Dark Art Society. And if you yes, are not, you, you should head over and check it out. Pledge a dollar a month and join the Dark Art Society retreat, RSVP, and please help us make that a reality as well.
1: Yeah, and I you know, I got one last thing. Sorry to keep you, on, keep you on here, Paul, to listen to our bullshit, but I forgot to tell you too when we did the orientation, don't hang up when we stop recording. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, I, I've got my synesthesia word of the week, because I do, a, yeah, synesthesia. I, I'm, it's a new feature that I know everybody's dying to know my synesthesia wor- words, and um, I've got two, and I'll, I'll let you choose one. Do you want to know what immigration tastes like or couple?
0: Immigration. Because those Paul, are what both
1: really strong ones. Okay.
0: I'll call it immigration as well.
1: Okay. Immigration tastes like peas.
0: Ooh. I was gonna guess All bananas. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good one because it makes absolutely no sense. There's no there's no the word doesn't sound like, it's, pea. It's like pea. There's there's no, you know, but it tastes just like peas, like eating pea you know, peas. There you go. What? Garden peas
0: are mushy peas, though. Uh, yeah, canned, frozen,
1: fresh—just like <laughs> c- cooked peas. You know, okay. I don't like peas really, but it's just that flavor. I can't explain it. Anyway, that's my synesthesia word of the week. If you guys think this is a stupid idea, just tell, tell me and I'll stop doing
0: it. No, it's awesome. And we're going to do it every week. So (laughs) tune in next Wednesday
1: to hear Chet's next synesthesia word of the week. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Thank you, Paul, for coming on. And uh, uh, good luck on the Kickstarter. And thank you, Mike, for doing this podcast with me and, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and that's it, right? Woo! Yep. All right. Catch you guys next Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.